0: welcome to Network Capital. Really excited to host you today. In this podcast, we try and understand why people do what they do. You've had such an interesting career. Um, you've spoken about risk and reward in our previous conversations. But today, tell us uh, who you are and uh, what do you do? Hi, Abkarsh. First of all, glad to be here. Uh,
1: thank you for having me here. I am um, a former consultant, a former banker. I have worked in the government of India. Uh, I now work in media and entertainment, I work at uh, Disney and Star, uh, I went to IIT Delhi for MBA, I've done CFA, and uh, I went to Harvard Business School for MBA, and for my pastime I do stand-up comedy, so there's a lot of there open up for you.
0: To try and connect the dots, like what, from media to uh, banking, ex-consulting, what uh, government of India, what's the common thread, is is there a common thread? I think that's
1: such a good question, you know. Uh, Often, when we plan our careers, we like to have a 10-year vision. Uh, while that's great, and a lot of people do very well at that. I do not personally believe that can happen as seamlessly as we want it to be. Uh, so, for example, the the conventional wisdom is you choose an industry and then you do things within that industry, and that's great. I haven't done that, uh, and you know the jury's still out whether that's a good idea or not. But what I believe is that as long as you know what you're doing is great and you're putting in your best effort, and then you're open to new opportunities and jump on new opportunities, knowing what the end of that opportunity would be. So, you know, having a two-year vision, having a three-year vision, knowing where you're going is great. Uh, knowing how will broadly fit into uh, the scheme of things, which need not be about an industry, as long as you have a certain plan in mind. I think uh, we need to think more and more about uh, picking up on the right opportunities and uh, t- taking things slower than, you know, having a grand vision and letting go of some
0: very exciting opportunities. So that's a really uh, great segue into what we want to understand. When you, when you were to think about the foundational years in school or college, um, how different is your life today to what you thought it would be? Say ten years back. Ten years back, I was I was in IIT. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: do, do, doing all sorts of things which i was not not necessarily didn't enter IIT to, uh, to do those things i was involved in dramatics in debating uh, i would run uh, the debating club i was helping run uh, student festivals and doing all sorts of things which one might say you know how does that not engineering, to, not engineering per person. person yeah while, while of course you know that that is why we go there and if, if i could do it all over again i would have paid much more attention to getting a higher GPA, but uh, that's all hindsight. I think uh, the important thing then as is now is that I was doing things which I love doing and I was really putting my heart and mind and soul into those things. A lot of that actually helped me later on Uh, and we often don't realize what we do once can can help me later on. For example, you know, I did CFA and then uh, left banking. However, when I was in the government at the finance ministry, Having a CFA education really, really helped me because, you know, I could just understand so many concepts, which otherwise as an engineer I could not. Or for instance, at IIT, if I would get involved in Hindi debating, which a lot of people do not, that helped me later write speeches in Hindi. So a lot of things we do, we don't feel where it will get utilized. I don't think that's the right attitude either. Uh, When you're young, you should do different things. You should enjoy what you do. And, you know, dots will connect backwards later on.
0: So, but again, like, did you think you would be doing what you not did? At all, not at all. Not at all. But not, yeah. there must mm. be some vague idea. Yeah. Right? It was business school in the horizon, mm. investment banking. Like, sure, sure. sure. Yeah, I think the one thing which I did know was that I want to get into the business side of things and not
1: necessarily the engineering or uh, research uh, side, so which is why. Why? Why? Uh, it's not that one is better than the other it's a matter of personal choice some people enjoy being an engineer and you know doing uh, th- that sort of things more some people enjoy a more academic career some enjoy a more uh, say a public policy career to each their own and I can uh, give you pros and cons of each but uh, there is a certain charm which I had towards uh, business it also lets you do different things right you can grow things you can help generate employment there's a lot of value given to what you do what you do is, is directly attributable to you often so I, I i was always charmed by getting into the business side so either consulting or banking i very much knew i to do either of the
0: two after iit and uh, mba was also on the horizon you know, in college th- the
1: problem is that as an indian male engineer uh, you're very scared about getting a good mba because cause this is the most difficult pool you can you can do good things in your career, and you can get a good recommendation and a good GMAT score. Go, but even then, you don't know whether you'll end up going into a business school, a good business school. So while yes, I always had it at the back of my mind that I would, it would be great to do a good MBA. I was also very sceptical about, about
0: it, that whether I'd be able to get into a good school or not. So you know, it was like that. And uh, after college, like you had an adventurous four years in college, really mm. tried to explore mm. uh, different kinds of. Option. Mm. Then you did investment banking. That's right. Right? Yes. So, how did this idea and opportunity to work in the government arise mm. and how did you leverage it?
1: Mm. You know, so uh, when I was graduating from IIT, I won uh, the Giant Sina Award. Why did I win that? Because I did all those other crazy things like extracurricular extra, act- activity, basically. So, it was an award given to a person who's done the most amount of extracurricular activities uh, and the award is given when, when we graduate. So I got the Jaiyan Sina Award. Uh, I didn't know who Jaiyan Sina was and uh, you know some of us might know later on. He went on to become a minister in, in the first Modi government. Uh, so one day, February 2014, in the Economic Times, I read Sina joins politics full time. And I thought, huh, this is the same Jaiyan who's whose award I got and I know who the person is also knew of his father and uh, what a lustrous career he had, so uh, I, I sent him a LinkedIn request hmm. fully knowing that there's a 99% probability he will never ever see it, but you know, it doesn't hurt. Uh, I told him I want to work with him. He was helping on the uh, work on the BJP's economic policy at that point of time. Uh, I got his email. I then sent him an email. I told him I'm a giant Center award recipient. I, he also went to IIT Delhi and then to Harvard Business School also. So we both went to IIT Delhi. I had a common connection of the award. I told him about my profile. He liked my profile. He said, why don't you come work with me? And the work on policy side is pretty much done. Why don't you come work for me for an election campaign in Bagh, Jharkhand? Bagh is a very unique place. It's far away from Bombay in every sense of the word. It's it's, it's light affected. It's poverty affected. It's disease affected. And you know... It, 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 it hasn't historically been in a bad shape. It's everything which needs to change about India you would see in those parts of uh, Jharkhand and Bihar, etc. So, uh, as as anyone would uh, tell you, is that that's a bad idea, and there's no way you can leave your job and just go jump into something which is as crazy as that. You know, politics is not for uh, people with with IIT degrees or, or uh, good you know, decent jobs. I took that risk. And let's talk about that in a second. But uh, you know, I didn't. And you are
0: one of the earlier people who decided to jump. That's into a fair this point. Space, right? I think
1: a few years later, a lot of people started jumping in. Uh, some have done really well. Some actually have not uh, done so well, and they've struggled by 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 taking this call. I could have been uh, you know, exactly in that position myself. I just got lucky, and you know, I had a great relationship going on with, oh. with Mr. Senna. He became a minister, he pulled me into his his,
0: his office, I became his... uh... But explain this in more detail, because (laughs) I want everyone listening to, to really have this mental model clear. Mm. When you take a risk, what are the specifics of that risk? And when you reap the reward, what are the specifics of that reward?
1: You know, the example which I was giving at your earlier event, if you buy a... Government of Argentina bond or one of those uh, default bonds, they'll give you twenty five, thirty, thirty five percent. You buy a government of uh, United States bond, it give you three, four percent. Or in simpler terms, uh, you buy corporate debt in India, it's, it gives you twelve, thirteen percent. You buy government of India debt, it gives you seventy percent. Why? Yeah. Because it's, it's all about risk. Reward yeah. comes with risk, and with risk there is reward. So. The challenge is that often we expect and we want to do great things, but we're not ready to take that risk. That's not gonna work. You, you can get very lucky and things might work out, but let's say if things go the way they're, 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 they're meant to be, you have to take a certain amount of risk to get a certain amount of reward. So if you want to, to do some cool things in the government and, and go work at North Block, you can't keep working in your normal job. If, if all you ever do is all you ever done, all you'll get is all you ever got. Uh, so, so there's nothing... That's a,
0: that's a quotable
1: quote, I must say. It's not mine, it's not mine, uh, <laughs> but, but, I, but I like using it. Uh, so, so you have to be cognizant that you need to take those big bets. By the way, there's there's nothing wrong if you don't want to take that big bet. If, if you have a good job going uh, and everything's going great, I would insist that there is a lot of merit in not leaving it and continue doing it and be happy. And that's, that's a great career too then you, you don't need to have FOMO of missing out on some of the bigger opportunities. But then you chose that career for yourself. You chose a low-risk trajectory and you've done very well. So people get it wrong both ways. They either want big rewards without taking the risk or on the flip side, you know, they don't take risks and then uh, have a good career, but then they feel that I missed out on the big rewards. So just be mindful that there is the correlation and be mindful of what you are jumping in. There is no right level of risk. It's all about risk capital. Everyone has a different one. Realize your risk appetite. Be confident of what you're
0: doing and you know, then let things play out. So that was the uh, principle that you used. Um, so how much time did you spend with Mr. Sinha? And I, so, yeah, what were s- some of the mm. highlights as well as challenges of that time you spent?
1: So I worked in actually different capacities with him. I worked for a couple of months at his campaign and that was one kind of work. And then for a few months, four five months, I worked when he was a member of parliament, not a minister. And, you know, that was, again, a different kind of work. And then finally, for about a little less than two years, I worked in the the government of India, first in the finance ministry and then briefly at the aviation ministry. It's a very exciting place. You know, the government of India, uh, as as an outsider, of course, I had no clue about it. Uh, The machinery is massive. So as a result, things move slow. And, you know, these days we're all complaining about the economy, of course, but part of it while I'm not trying to uh, say that, uh, you're not, not trying to take sides or defend, but it's very difficult to move this massive machinery in this in this big country. So uh, it, it, that, that was one of the key challenges because there were so many layers of hierarchies and so many people involved. And, and you were an outsider. I was a complete outsider. I was a 27 year old kid uh, dressed in a suit uh, with a big fancy office. Uh, who was people would enter and ask me, "I want to meet Siddhartha." Like, no, that's actually me. Like, what the hell is this kid doing here? So I was a complete outsider. And you know, what I also realized then is that the concept of power is very complicated. Just because rank does not always dictate power. It's it's, it's also very relationship driven. Uh, it's it, you you derive power by how you interact with people and how much they respect you, how much they trust you, etc. So just because you have a position, a nominal authority, it will not give you any power. And by the way, you know, in in, in those settings where you you would see bureaucrats around you and politicians around you, you would see some very good people doing that, both in a good and bad way, right? You can uh, use your power for bad, but you can also use your power of relationships to actually... Drive things uh, forward, which 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 I uh, used to learn from my boss, Mr. Sena, who was who was phenomenal at, at that. You you know, personal relationships and building those, and nurturing relationships, and then driving things forward. So so that that was another thing that just because there is a certain process in a big complex organization, that process could be followed only in theory, but the the, the nuances and the the practical nuances are much more complicated.
0: Right. And uh, in terms of your learning when you're when you applying to school, mm. how did you connect the dots? Because then you mm. have to actually connect yeah, yeah, the yeah. dots, right? Yeah. So.
1: You know, uh, it's funny. Mm. Uh, I, I uh, started writing, like the first few sentences of my business school application are uh, how I fell in love. Uh, <laughs> and uh, like that was literally the first line. Last year, I fell in love at first sight. And uh, I, I, I did then talk about my, me marrying my wife. Mm. So, I was very candid in my applications. I said that, look, it's not that I've had a great 10-year plan or that I even have one right now. I can tell you roughly the things I want to do. But I made it about a few other things in life. I said that I think my life is based on the relationships I make, the decisions I take, and the boundaries I break. And I very uh, firmly believe that to date. You know, what relationships you've made in your life. When have you gone ahead and broken boundaries and done things which people have not conventionally done? Hmm. Uh, what risks have you taken in life, as I was talking about earlier so so, so that, that was
0: that was my essay and uh, what a great line to start it on. How did you talk about failures mm. because working in the government gives you yeah. ample opportunity to, oh, yes. to fail and succeed at various levels? yeah
1: well, not particularly in the essay per se, but I think um, as a country, as a people, we're very averse to accepting failures or weaknesses. Uh, and I think I'd learned this at business school. It takes a certain amount of confidence to be very, uh, you know, to be very uh, accepting of, of failures. I don't think we do that. I wish we would uh, sit back and reflect more often on our failures because you know everyone fails all the time. Uh, and uh, the, the, uh, one common mistake which people make in their essays is almost like you know they follow a template. 1st they we'll start by I had this was my childhood. This was the challenge. This was the inspiration. But after that, I have been rock star. I did X and I was amazing. I did Y, I was amazing. I did Z, I was amazing. So my life is a story of me being, uh, you know, the the, the chosen one. <laughs> no one's the chosen one. And I think a great uh, school application should ideally show an arc that you know yes, you've done good things, but you've also suffered, failed, learned stood up and, and, and done things better, for instance at, at Harvard, I can tell you uh, a, a lot of focus is about learning from yourself and from your peers, so re- reflecting on things you could have done differently um, and and I think there's a lot of value uh, in doing that I, you know I told you I'm, uh, I like uh, doing doing comedy. my biggest critique is myself when i'm going for a show or I've done a show, I just listen to my own rehearsal, so to say, like several times. I keep critiquing myself that you know you're doing this wrong and you're doing this wrong and then you know it, it, it improves so my point being that if you can comfortably confidently accept that you're wrong in so many things and that you have weaknesses and that you can improve you know you, you'll do great justice
0: to yourself so if you were to you went to hbs with five years of experience More that's, right, that's five. right five yes so in the initial uh when you in reflection at school mm-hmm. what could you have done differently in the five years? What feedback were you giving yourself? Mm. Because coming to HBS, you must be also very proud and happy that you've made it to mm. such a good school. But did you also tell yourself what are kind the of things that could have been different, better?
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. I, I think the again one of the best parts of
1: school was that I came in feeling I've done good things. I left feeling I've done nothing. And there's I how did nothing. this happen?
0: Peer effects yeah. mostly. Pure effects.
1: It also, it's a nice uh, time to reflect on your life,
0: mm.
1: not just to see that other people have done great things, which of course they have, but it's not about that. I think it's, it's more about getting exposed to so much more which is going on in different parts of the world, uh, across industries. You know, you read about that through cases or through so many other ways in which school teaches you, but, but you start realizing that how insignificant it is what you've done. And there's so much more to be done. And then the other thing which I personally uh, thought a lot about is that, you know, so, so uh, HPS has this particular sentence and they try to push it a lot that it's your know, one wide precious life, how will you make it different? And they keep asking you, what difference will you make in the world? And that's something which matters to me at some point of time, you know, I definitely want to do something on, on that sort. But uh, the question in my mind is, how can you make business and societal good work together? And, of course, people are trying to grab these problems all the time. I I try to think about them myself. But these thoughts of how less I know and there's more to be done in the world, these were uh, things which business school ingrained in me. So, 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 coming back to answer your question, I wish I could have uh, had much more empathy when I'm talking with people, be that in a negotiation or getting things done to understand what is going on in someone else's mind mm-hmm. in, in, in any job I've done I, and I continue to try to do that but that, that is something HBS made you do very well to ask for feedback to continuously keep asking everyone for feedback and that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you it just means what that you want to get better what I want to get better uh, that, that, that you, you're trying to improve and uh, you, you're trying to get better so taking feedback having empathy and yeah, lastly uh, the school teaches you to have a big vision Whatever you do could be the simplest things and you can get trash collected for for that matter. Uh, In fact, I met a unicorn who was collecting trash. So whatever you do, it, it needs to be big. You need to have a big vision. And that's, that's again, something that
0: stuck with me. And uh, uh, now do you have a sense of where you want to take your life? Of course not. Of course uh, not. Of course Wait, not. Tell us no. more about that. No, I, I, uh, uh, so walk me through hmm. the process of picking consulting after Mm. business school Mm. and then moving away from consulting. And is there a macro plan that you're working towards?
1: No, well, it was also a plan driven by a lot of practical considerations. So walk us
0: through that because, you know, through the podcast, we really want to try and understand why people do what they do and what are some of their successes and failures like. who should and shouldn't pursue an MBA? Mm. Uh, what can you tangibly expect to get out of it with an Indian passport of it, mm. say from mm. whatever passport you have? Mm. What are some things that people should be mindful of mm. when they're pursuing such a thing?
1: So the first thing which, which has driven some of my decisions are, uh, uh, is how do you make your personal life work? Yeah. and I think that is unfortunately something which people just don't think about. Yeah, and you almost feel like right now I'm solving for a professional and not personal. My my wife stays in India, and for me it's very important to to stay with her or near her, and we've been trying to make that work. So that is a very important consideration. If you have a partner in India who does not want to move there, you can't keep staying away forever. The other challenge uh, uh, is that uh, if you're going for school, let's let's talk very practically. You'll be spending anywhere between. 200 to 250000 usd that's a lot of money uh, and it's fine if you're working there and you can come to you know the challenges of doing that but if you're working there for a few years you can you, you can you can pay it off but uh, to come back to india with with a rupee salary it gets again more and more challenging so financial is one thing people should be very uh, uh, concerned about the other thing is often it's a bet worth evaluating so if you're going to top 10 schools that's one thing if you're going say schools is ranked 20 to 50 let's say a lot of people do. Uh, but then be mindful that it will be slightly difficult to get a good job because the best jobs are finite. A lot of good jobs will not be open to you. You mentioned about the passport earlier. Like, like A good one-third jobs, very roughly we're saying, would, would not be even open to you. You know, you won't even be able to apply. And you wrote a
0: piece on this as well, right? I did.
1: Uh, I wrote a piece. We're going
0: to put the link of that in Sorry. the show notes.
1: Great. It says, yeah, I wrote a piece on the hard bus uh saying that you know you should be mindful that a lot of the jobs are not open for you and it's a complicated problem involves uh, politics of course uh, and international relations complicated one not for for us to solve uh but we should at least be mindful that we are getting into that and just getting into the school is is not the you know if you're 22 23 you think my target is to get into a school but really there's more to it after that you need to pay off your debt you need to be at the right place you need to have had the appropriate jump in your career because of the school which again a top 10 school is more likely to give you than a school 20 to 50 so be mindful of of that risk don't just do an MBA because everyone and their grandmother is doing it 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 doesn't work like that you need to know what roughly you will get out of it and the, the the other sweet thing about a good school is that you enter with one thing in mind like I feel like entered with all the basic road things in yeah, you know, good brand to have and network for life and credibility blah 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 all that is good but then I told you I left with much more uh, what I don't know how to think about the other person how, what can you do to the world like you, you start if you're agile enough and absorbing enough you, you leave with different things but just to wrap that up you need to be very mindful of what you will get out of school and practically does that make, does that work for you your professional and personal life
0: um, do you know of cautionary tales Say that where again. MBAs have really backfired or pursuing?
1: The jury's still out, but I, I have seen people who've uh, who've not not had a very good time because you know if you if you if you're in debt and you do not get the job you want it can get very challenging. Right? You you you, know, you have a $200,000 debt. The interest and, you have to pay right after. The interest, as soon as you graduate, you start paying the interest. But even if you can pay the interest, let's say you have savings, you can pay the interest. Even then it bothers you that I have this massive debt sitting on my head and I need to pay it. And I cannot go back to India where I can easily get a job. But I cannot do that because it may not pay me enough. So while at Harvard it was relatively fine, uh, given that I have generally more opportunities, but, but, but definitely... Without getting into, into specifics, I, there are people who get really stressed uh, as, as a result of, uh, you know, taking that, uh, that MBA decision. So, again, be very conscious about uh, taking that decision before you take it.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, let's talk about specific opportunities that opened up mm. for mm. you or for others. Yeah, yeah. There's consulting, yeah. there's tech, mm-hmm. there's some general management roles. Yep. What yep. else out there?
1: Yeah, so... Uh, finance, of
0: course, hedge yeah, funds. Well,
1: finance actually is not as big as an, op- an opportunity for Indians often, uh, primarily because, you know, some of the best funds, the hedge funds, the private equity funds, they, uh, you know, just very few roles and they prefer someone who can, uh, who has worked in the American market before. So, so there is certain bias towards that. So, actually, uh, I was just discussing this a few, in the last few years, I can think of like very, very few people from HBS who actually got into a good fund in the US. In India, of course, a lot of people get in. But but so, so finance actually is is a complicated one, especially if you haven't done finance before. And I don't mean finance, you could have done banking, but even then getting into a hedge fund might be very difficult for you. But if you've done private equity and you want to get into private equity, even then it is slightly difficult. So so just flagging that, that finance as a career is challenging if you want to do it in the US. If you want to do it in India, it's, it's relatively much better off. Um, startups again are one thing which are exciting but often not open to indians simply because you know they don't have the visibility to make you an for a long time back and then they may not be able to afford a sponsorship for you or they just will not sponsor you know they're a startup and you can't blame them so these two are uh, things well these two and the third a lot of big corporates uh, which have general management roles often prefer like think about a marketing company a consumer goods company they would want someone who understands the American consumer right. so so these three are exciting jobs but often not open to people uh, outside the US who do not have American passports a lot of um, what what Indian people end up doing is, is uh, consulting big tech not as much as small tech but the Amazons and Googles of the world uh, and then you know some of the bigger conglomerates uh, head, uh, th- th- which have general management roles I think these three would be the biggest chunk of, of what most Indians end up doing mm-hmm.
0: and uh, so you, you decided to do consulting yes. and uh, of course there was a reason mm. personal reason as you spoke yes. about there was first per- yes. professional reason as well um, I'm trying to see what you're doing today mm. on a day-to-day basis mm. Mm. what specific aspects of the training at business school mm. helped you or helps you on a day-to-day basis if anything mm. Yeah. The reason I'm asking you this question is that mm. many times uh, people ask it on a technical day-to-day basis. Does an MBA actually add value mm. intellectually, analytically? I think it does, but I'm well, curious to... The thing too. about MBA is that, again, you
1: should be very mindful of what you will get out of it. So if you think you will learn something at MBA and then next day start implementing that at work, I don't think it works like that. In that case, you should have done a course specific to your field. Right. So if I'm in entertainment, I should have done something about that. Or if I was in finance, I should just have done CFA. MBA is not about depth. It's about breadth. What, what they'll make ensure is that you have, you know, enough of finance, enough about being with people, uh, enough people skills, enough about the world in general. So it's, it's the breadth which matters more. And that I feel is, is very helpful uh, to me now in my existing job at Disney is that uh, you know, both because of MBA and consulting both help in a way that any problem irrespective of industry or ge- uh, geography, you feel that yes, I can crack it because your, your skill set has become so broad and that's not to say depth is not important, of course, depth is important otherwise you're flaky and it doesn't work but fortunately I've done CFA and all that so I understand some of that part also. Uh, the real value is that you can, you know, when, when you work for a senior leader like a CEO, CEO or someone problems which come to them are as diverse as they could be right it could be anywhere from financials to a people issue to a, a pr issue or whatever if you are trained as broadly as that you'll be able to help and i think that's the single biggest benefit of mba
0: right i just feel that uh, somewhere down the line you might still be contemplating or thinking about a career mm. in the government maybe it's a second mm. love. is that mm. right or no yeah. Some people sent me this question, so I'm asking it (laughs) (laughs) to you.
1: Look, uh, the way it stands today, um, firstly, I think uh, one thing, and this is a separate point I want to make to anyone who considers working in the government, you have to be in a senior, meaty, meaningful role. If you're helping some politician run their social media account, or if you're writing papers, which could be excellent papers, but no one's reading. So uh, I think Im- important that uh, whatever you do, it should be a senior role. Now uh, for me, you yeah. know, I, so either if you're that excited about it, you, you get into the IAS, you 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 go become a bureaucrat. If you don't want to do that, just realize that your options will get more and more limited. So to answer your question, firstly, uh, I know that uh, you know I will not do what I was doing before because that will not be as much fun. I want to do something different. Right. So really, the number of options which are restricted to me is that. Either I become such a big an expert which, and, and yeah. get a nominated to a post, which of course I'm not, uh, not, 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 not for the post good. in the future, or I get into politics and actually uh, run for the, office. Uh, yeah. And that one is, is, is a complicated one. I don't think, uh, I, you know, it, it requires years and years of hard work. Uh, you need to be very thick-skinned. You need to, your personal life takes a back seat. You don't make money. Uh, lifestyle is, is extremely
0: difficult. That's so a very challenging thing to do, and I, I don't think I'm there. Well, great. This has been such a delight. I was just wondering if there's any parting advice for mm. anyone because you've pursued so many things from st- mm. a stand-up comic, yeah. advice from a stand-up comic, or MBS, anything that you'd like to say which we haven't covered here or a question mm. that you wish more people asked about careers.
1: Yeah. A uh, few things. Firstly, try different things. There's a lot of value in that. Uh, you, you need to try multiple things and give it your best. That doesn't mean just switching from one thing to the other. That means giving all those things your best. Uh, I think the one big advice I'll, I'll give people is that, and this might sound very, very basic, but that eventually it's all about the effort you put in. You can want to do a lot of things, but often people put an effort early on and then it fizzes out. You need to keep reminding yourself of putting in that effort all the time and believe me, we were capable of doing so much more than we think this are. Again, this sounds very... Uh, plain vanilla advice, but I think it's the single most important advice uh, I've, uh, I've, I've ever thought about. And finally, just the importance of relationships, both on the personal and professional front. You can move wonders at workplace by developing good relationships and investing in people and generally caring about them and never, ever let your personal relationships take a backseat. Be that with your family, your, your loved ones, your, your spouse, your wife, or your, your partner, whoever. Uh, eventually, they will stick. And the life is much more about living with them, and whether you have a nice, happy—if you don't have a happy personal life, you will not have a—you're less likely to have a uh, happy professional life. So stay very invested in
0: your profession, in your in your personal life, and that's the last thing I want people to remember. Wonderful. This has been a delight, Siddharth. Thank you, Thank you, you so much. I mean, this has been so useful because you've made uh, a complex career trajectory from stand-up comedy to consulting to working in the government to uh, working now in media and entertainment seem like something that's achievable and can be tackled with effort and mental model, then clarity of thought. So thanks very much. And of course, thank you for the acoustical challenges that you uh, managed. Appreciate it.